0: Uh, back to my life, I guess, because that's how uh, we start these things off. Um, Today, I want to tell you something a little bit the way I am. I am a uh, person who likes to be prepared. Who are my people out there who like to make a plan? Yes, yes. (laughs) Preparation is key, all right? Now, those of you who just like are adventurous and just live life like that's awesome, but I'm not that person, Uh, but we need you, okay? So don't hear me the wrong way, Um, but I like to be prepared, all right? Now, sometimes being prepared or wanting to be prepared or wanting to control everything, know everything, predict every outcome, sometimes it doesn't make you the funnest person to be around, right? And uh, I discovered this in college because I had a world clash that was something all my friends like to do down there where I went to school in Southern California where that I didn't experience growing up here, okay? Because in Southern California, there is something that exists in abundance that up here doesn't really exist all that much at all, and what I'm talking about is roller coasters all right <laughs> now up here there's like Oaks Park yep. and that's about it i don't know like i guess you can go to Idaho or like there's a small kind of roller coaster park in C- Tacoma Seattle area but i had never been on any roller coaster in my life before college because i we didn't go on vacation much i hadn't been to theme parks i didn't so so i i had no idea what to expect and because of that I tried to avoid them at all costs because I couldn't, there's no way I could prepare for that, right? I mean, I could watch it, I could watch somebody go on it, but there was just this fear for like what's, what's going to happen because I can't, you can't prepare it for it, you just have to, you just have to do it, right? You have to experience it. And so I was that person who always tried to avoid going to theme parks with my friends that love going on roller coasters. I would just try and stay away from it. And then if I did go, I would, you know, make up some stuff about being motion sick, easy, or something like that. Mostly just because I like to be in control. I like to be prepared for everything. Um, But I couldn't do that with this. So I was definitely the wet blanket at the amusement park. And, And because I couldn't be prepared. See, because sometimes I want to be 100% prepared before I do anything new, right? Before I do anything new at all. And maybe some of these things are some of the things that you guys might connect with too, right? Sometimes we have housework to get done, but it's something we haven't done before. It's a new problem. And maybe you didn't grow up learning how to fix this or solve this, and so it just kind of keeps getting put off to the next to-do list over and over and over, and it's been like five years and you've never done it, because new is scary. I might break it. I might make it worse than it was. I might spend tons of money. I might do it and find out there's another problem, and I don't even want to imagine that that's a possibility. We wish we could just know it all, have it all prepared, have it all planned, know every single turn and twist, right? Maybe some of you have thought about starting a new hobby, like you thought like, oh, I've never gone to the gym, maybe I'll go to the gym, or like maybe I'll take a dance class, or maybe I'll join in a sport, or maybe you were going to join some club when you, were, when you were like a high school student or a college student or something, but you, or you could just never get up the courage to do it because you just didn't want to look like a fool, You just didn't want to try something new that you couldn't be 100% prepared for because none of us like that feeling of just not knowing what's going on and thinking maybe everyone's just judging us because we don't know what we're doing. Now, we do have YouTube now, which helps a little bit, but still. (laughs) Maybe for some of you it's goals. Maybe there's goals that you know you need to set in your life, maybe family goals, career goals, personal goals, whatever the case. But there's a fear involved in something new, and you say, man, if I could be 100% sure that that I could set this goal and reach it and know exactly how every turn is going to go, I would do it. But life doesn't work that way. And and so instead, we just put it off or we just become apathetic. We just say, "Uh, everything's just fine. I don't really need to try anything new. Maybe for some of you if you experience loneliness, you think about new relationships like a friend or a small group you want to join or a church you want to attend, but, but you have to be vulnerable with people. And so sometimes that's something new. And if I only knew how people were going to react to when I say this or when I say that, or will they laugh if I tell a joke or will they get that I'm being serious or where I'm coming from? Sometimes we just put off those kind of things because we can't 100% control them and be prepared and know which way they're going to go. And for some of us, it's, it's habits, right? Maybe we're either trying to kick a habit or we're trying to get a positive habit. Um, but we don't know who we are apart from whatever that habit would make us or when we would take it away. Who, who would we become? Like, that's unfamiliar. That's new. That's different. I don't know if I can fully prepare for something new. And so sometimes you want to be 100% prepared before you do something. You want to be able to make sure you see every angle and can predict every outcome. But when we live this way, right? When I live this way, when you live this way, what typically happens? We do nothing. Right? We never do anything new. We never grow. We never let God transform us because we're just waiting until it's everything's perfect and we just rarely get that opportunity. And so today, we're going to look at a story in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to meet a dad, all right? And the dad in this story is going to take every notion of what I talked about, about wanting to be prepared, about being 100% in control, and he's going to throw it all out the window for his child, all right? And, And he's going to throw it all out the window. He's not going to worry about any of those things. And Jesus is going to have a very interesting response to it. And in their conversation, I think there's something for us to learn about how we act when it comes to this topic and how God wants to move in us, right? So let's read it together. So if you want to follow along, it's Mark chapter 9. And I am reading from the New Living Translation, just I know some people like to follow along, and it gets jumbly, right, if we're reading different ones. It'll be up on the screen, too. And this is what it says, okay? Starting in verse 14. When Jesus returned to the other disciples, okay, so Jesus and some of the disciples are returning to the other disciples they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them, all right? Have you ever walked in on a fight that you weren't a part of? You just walk in the room and people are just mad at each other, arguing, yelling. You immediately wish you could leave that room. Why did you ever walk through that door, right? This is what Jesus walks into. He walks into an argument happening between religious leaders and his disciples, we continue, uh, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him, right? Jesus is so big at this point, they don't even care, like, we, we didn't like that we walked into that room, but we kind of like to watch a fight, right, just a little bit, but they're so amazed by Jesus that they leave the fight completely just to go see what Jesus is going to say, and so the crowd surrounds Jesus, and this is what Jesus asks, he says, what is all this arguing about? One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. Right? This is the father I was talking about. And whenever, um, and oh, sorry, I skipped line. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Do you guys see why the religious leaders who didn't like Jesus decided to pick a fight here? Because his disciples couldn't deliver, right? What an opportunity! To start an argument. That's why they got in on this. And this is Jesus's response, right? He is, I think it's fair to say he's somewhat disappointed in what has gone on. He says, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Man, that just sounds like the most, like, You're out trying to help your dad on some house projects, and he's just like, just give me the hammer, go inside, right? It's just, how long do I have to put up with this? Just bring the boy to me. Jesus is like, I'm going to take care of this. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Then Jesus says, how long has this been happening? He asks the the boy's father. And he replied, since he was a little boy. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus' response here is so great. I like to think that he's thrown off because you have to imagine person after person after crowd after crowd is just trying to get to him, trying to ask for his help, trying to be healed, trying to get someone in their family healed. And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can I just, I, I, I honestly just picture Jesus as genuinely surprised. If I can I haven't heard that one before. What do you mean if I can? Jesus, Jesus says, anything is possible if a person believes the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Wow. Now, Jesus, just like a paragraph ago, just got super mad at his disciples because nobody could figure out how to, how to heal this person. And now this guy steps forward, like I said, he doesn't, he's not fully prepared. He's not even, he doesn't even have his full faith in Jesus, right? He just says, I do believe Jesus, but, but I also don't believe, in, and help me with that. This is Jesus' response. Jesus saw that the crowd of the onlookers was growing. He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of the child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet and stood up. And afterwards, when, they, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. The father in this story was desperate, and he risked everything, and, and he threw any caution to the wind that he had to have a plan, that he had to be prepared, that he had to fully believe that Jesus could do this, and instead he just, he just looked for Jesus. He just brought it to him. He said, he said, if you can heal him, heal him, and when Jesus questioned him, he said, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And and Jesus' response is not to criticize him or to push him away or to say, how long do I have to be with you like he just said previously? He heals this man's boy. See, Jesus honors a desperate man's attempt to put his faith in Jesus even though he needs help. Help. Even though he can't bring 100%, even though he can't bring it all, even though he's not the perfect believer of Jesus, Jesus honors the faith that this man brings. See, because the truth is, a lot of times we think we have to bring 100% prepared faith to God. But the truth is that we can bring our issues to God with any faith, any amount he just asks that we bring it to him, no matter how much, no matter how little. If we come to him in our desperation looking for him and asking for his help, he will be faithful to us. Right? How, how often do we think when it comes to church, when it comes to God, when it comes to being involved, that we got to get it all mapped out, all put together, and when we're worthy, then we'll go all in. Right, If we do that, we're going to be like how I'm living my life. Nothing's going to happen right? because I'm just waiting to be arrived, to be fully prepared to know how every twist and turn is going to go. But this man teaches us that whatever faith we're able to bring, God honors that, and he sees our honesty in our attempt to do that. And so how does this change our life? Right? For me, this has made an impact on my life in a lot of ways one of the ways is that i try things that feel impossible right if i was waiting for a 100% confirmation that god wanted me to do something and that i knew how it was going to happen and i knew every step to take and i knew it was going to succeed uh, i would never do anything right? Because I never, I, I don't experience that. But when I see the story of this father and that God will honor any faith I bring, no matter how big or how small, if I'm open and transparent and ask for his help, then I will try things that I don't think I could do on my own. The other thing is that happens is uh, I am quicker to bring about sin in my life, right? When, sometimes in church we feel like I'm going to go fix my mess, and then I'm going to come back to church, right? Let me step back. God, hold on. Let me get my stuff together. I'm back. Now I'm in good shape, right? Uh, but that's not what God wants from us. He's not looking for everything to be perfect before we come to him. He's looking for any amount of faith we have. And so I find in my life it's quicker for me to bring the things that I struggle with in life to a mentor, to a friend, to my small group because I'm able to know that God can do something with it, even if I don't think he can do something with it, any amount of faith. I'm also quicker to ask questions, right? This is a big one for me uh, because I I shared a couple weeks ago preaching, uh, skepticism and doubt is the way I I see life, just not positive or negatively, just how I see it. It's the good parts of me, the bad parts of me. It's, It's everything, it's my worldview. And when I know that God can handle my doubt, and when he honors any faith I bring him, even if it's this big or this small, I'm so much quicker to ask questions because I'm not worried about whether it ruins my relationship with Jesus. I don't have to leave him to be in that place. And, And I work with a lot of students, just kind of as a side note, it's a personal thing for me. I work with a lot of students who become 18, 19, 20, 21, and what happens is you start to become an adult, right? And when you start to become an adult, you make a lot of mistakes, and you have a lot of questions. And so I see a lot of students, what they do is they, they enter those years, and they start you know making some mistakes that are bigger, and they start questioning things about church and God, and then they start being around less, and I don't hear from them, and I don't see them, and they're not involved, Ooh, they're stepping on guitars... That's not what God wants from us. He doesn't tell us we have to go away until we figure it out and we're all the way prepared to be back in. He wants us to be close to him through it all, no matter if our faith is this big or if our faith is this small. He honors any faith that we bring to him. In my life, I am so grateful to have so many people who told me this because I made those mistakes as a young adult. And I doubted and had questions as a young adult. And I had people who said, stick it out, stick it out, stay in, stay involved in church, stay involved, keep in, don't, don't go away, don't distance. And there were hard times. But I think if I would have just left and waited till I had it all figured out, one, that day might have never come. But two, I have seen God do a transformative work in my life because I stayed in in, stayed in through a lot of hard stuff, and even when my faith was this big some days, I saw God do something amazing in my life. We can bring any faith to him, and we don't have to leave our faith community when we're going through these times. We can be just as close to him as this father was saying, help me with what I can't bring, and I'm going to bring whatever I can bring. And so the question for you today is, what would your life look like if your action overruled your fear and doubt? What if you threw caution to the wind? What if you said, I don't have to be 100% prepared? What if you said, I'm not going to know every way this ride is going to turn and dip and do a loop, but instead... I'm going to bring whatever faith I have to you, God, and I'm going to trust that you can do something with it, and you can help me where I feel helpless and full of doubt and and not even sure if you're able to do this. Here's some of the questions I have for you in what your life would look like. What is God maybe calling you to do that seems beyond your capacity? What is he asking you to step in, a relationship, a place to serve, a community, a family issue, a neighbor? What is, where is he asking you to step in where you feel incapable? Where maybe if you brought this much faith, you could do something. For some of you, what sin or lie or addiction are you letting rule your life? Because it's, what you, it's more familiar. It's easier to know. You don't know what the path away from that is. That seems scary and you wish you could be prepared for it and then you do it if the plan was foolproof. But what if you just, with this much faith, as much as you had, brought it to God and said, I don't even know if you are capable of doing something with this. But help me. I'm bringing this. Help me with what I can't see, with what I can't believe. How many of you have doubts and questions you just haven't said out loud? Because somewhere along the line you got taught, that's not okay. Or somebody's going to think, well, you must not be a very good Christian. But what if you said, God, I have this much faith right now. This is a big question I have. And I'm going to bring it to you, not knowing if it's going to mess everything up. But I'm going to trust that if I bring it to you with faith and ask for your help, that you're going to help me through it and what if some of you are good now but you know in the past when seasons of crisis hit you become that person who just says okay god when i get it all together again when my when my job's good and my and my habits are good and my family's good i'll be back i'll be back but i'm going to exit and get things prepared again what are you going to do the next time it hits Knowing that God doesn't want you to leave and he doesn't expect you to have 100% faith all the time and that he would rather have you bring whatever you have to the table than to just leave. Who are you going to talk to about a plan so that when that season comes, you're not just out again and then by the time you come back, you're starting life all over again. What would your life look like? If you took action like this father who brought whatever faith he had to the table and God honored it. See, when I was in college, it was kind of like an experiment for this very issue because we had all these people together at college and we're all going through these mistakes and questions and transition and doubt of of life. And you could tell the difference between the community that was had a foundation with God and knew that they could stay close to him. And those people grew and those people lasted and those people saw God transform their lives. And the other one, sadly, you saw leave. And most of them didn't come back. Most of them, some of them didn't even believe in God anymore because they felt like they had to have it all figured out to be in his community and in his presence. I have to tell you guys, I did eventually ride a roller coaster. All right? I did. I did. And uh, it happened my senior year of college, okay? Because what happened was uh, I was hanging out with a group of friends, and my senior year I kind of had a new group of friends because some of my friends had left or got married or did other things, and so I kind of had a new group of friends my senior year. And we're going to an amusement park, and let's just say... I wanted to date somebody who was in this group of friends, okay? So I knew that this person liked roller coasters. I knew we were going to the amusement park, and I knew I had never ridden a roller coaster, and I didn't know how the day was going to go, right? I didn't know how I would respond when that question inevitably was coming, right? So I'm not kidding you, maybe 30 steps into the park, the group was like, oh, let's go, roll, run, let's go ride the biggest roller coaster here. <laughs> and like out of body, I was watching myself like, what are you going to say? And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> let's. So, I mean, I did marry that girl. So <laughs> worth it, right? Worth it? <laughs> so here's what I learned in that instance. A relationship can get you over that edge. Right? When you have that motivating factor, you can overcome your own problems, your own issues, right? And because I saw something there, was pursuing something there, I could act like this dad and be like, who cares? I'm going to ride this. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was like the deepest breath I ever took when you hit that, just going down. And now I ride roller coasters, and I like them, and I have that moment because of this person in my life. And what I want you to know is that how amazing it is that the God of the universe knows us and loves us and cares about us and wants to change your whole life. And let that relationship be the one that takes you over the edge, the one that that takes whatever it is in your life that you've been waiting on, that you've been putting off, that you've been holding back because you just can't control and know and plan for the whole situation. Let that relationship be the one that takes you one step further, whether you have this much faith as you approach it or whether you have this much faith as you approach it. Because in my experience, when God sees us with any faith, he honors that. And he will do unbelievable things in your life to transform who you are.